Yeah, so the verses in John near the end, it says, um, if we write down everything Jesus said and did, there wouldn't be enough books in the world to contain it all. And a lot of times we feel that way when we come back from Peru. There's just a thousand stories every day, and if you're there for two weeks, that's a lot of stories. And so um, we're going to try to honor Jesus as we share some of the stories that happened. And I showed some slides, uh, some pictures earlier that kind of give you a flavor. Chinchiro is in a, I've said this before, it's at 12,000 feet, so it's very, very high altitude. And um, I'll tell you one thing, it's a whole lot easier to fly there than it is to take a bus. <laughs> I think we thank God for airplanes because they make things pretty straightforward compared to the other way. <laughs> um, but I know that the Hargraves would like to share something. I know the Salinas Suspense would like to share something. And maybe the Mignopes would like to share something. Because this trip was a little bit different than previous trips. I mean, I, I've been to a funeral before. Julia's mother passed away, and we attended a funeral for Julia's mother. I've been to a baby dedication where there was a bus driver's baby dedicated, and, and they wanted me to cut the baby's hair. I've been to a wedding. I've spoken at a wedding before. But I've never, ever been to my daughter's wedding reception in Peru. <laughs> An evangelistic wedding reception, and Jonathan will probably want to share something about that. But I, I kind of drew straws earlier, and I'm going to go with the Hargraves first. Yeah, see, Roar <laughs> agrees that that's going to be a good thing. So a uh, little bit of background. Um, Kayla has been a part of the Crosswave team. I guess this is your third year, fourth year, some number of years. And uh, we've enjoyed having Kayla. And then she brought her brother along, and... Um, so this past year was his first year in Crosswave, and they've been a blessing to us. And we got really got to know Steve and Rebecca, and I'll let them tell the story that has to do with all of that. But you can imagine four people going at $2,000 a piece, just to let that settle in, what God did financially for them. Four times 2,000 is what they were tasked with. And so automatically your faith is... Okay, God, if you want to do this, you're going to have to do it. So with that said, I'm not sure which is Rebecca. We're going with you. Joe, welcome, Rebecca. I thought they were going to come with me, but I guess they'll come up one at a time. <laughs> That's how it usually is when uh, we talk. I'm the spokesperson in them. Um, our family, Kayla, like um, Mr. Bill said, we've been involved in, they've been involved in Crosswave. Um, Kayla, this will be her fourth year, and she has loved every minute of it. it it's something that um, speaks to her, and um, God uses her to speak to other people, and, and she just loves that. And our family has always been very mission-minded. We support missions through our church as well as we have personal missionaries that we su support. Um, we've always, whenever we have a chance, we'll take missionaries out. Um, and we've had some stay in our home during a missions conference, so we've always been very mission-minded, and we always knew we wanted to take a missions trip as a family. Um, but we, we didn't know how that would happen. But we have missionary friends in Guatemala that we support, and so for the past three, four, five years, we've been talking about when the kids are old enough, Alex, our youngest, um, we'll go in to Guatemala, and we'll do a missions trip as a family. Traditionally, 
the mission trips we've been um, exposed to, the are a building or things like that. So we were trying to find something that the kids could get involved with because we didn't want to just go and then have a vacation. So um, Kayla told us two years ago she wanted to go to Peru um, with Crosswave, and we were like, okay, well, maybe when you're older we'll do that. And um, so this last year we started praying earnestly because we knew that she was going to come back with us again this year with the um, I want to go to Peru. So we started praying, and we started talking to them about praying Guatemala versus Peru. Um, and um, we still, Steve and I still thought we were going to Guatemala. And so we had a time um, of fasting and prayer. Each of us individually made, came to that decision to, that we would do that. And at the end, God had all spoken to each of us, and we knew that we should go to Peru. And then we had to come up with, how are we going to get there? Because $8,000 is not something we have. Um, we had a couple thousand dollars in the bank, and we were like, okay, that's a good start. And then my transmission went out in my car the, the week I told <laughs> Bill we were going. <laughs> the transmission was gone. It had to be replaced. So that couple thousand that I had was then gone, and we're starting back at zero. And so I started looking at what we could do, and I, um, we sent out um, letters to about 150 people and I'd read that you get about 10% response so I was like okay well we'll come up with plan B after that and um, every time we had to turn money in we would pray that we would get to a certain amount and God would do exceedingly above that mm -hmm. so every goal we had and I told Bill it wasn't the goal he had but the goal <laughs> we had um, God would give us more and every time it was time to turn in that that happened as a matter of fact um, at the last week, um, we've get, we got more than what we needed. Um, and, that, and we thought that was awesome, and it was done. But while we were in Peru, I had um, friends write the kids' letters, and one of the friends put in $120 in our envelope. Well, we'd already paid for our trip. We already had all the spending money. We already had everything. And this is somebody who just doesn't have that money laying around. So she saved these $20 bills out. And we got it the day, couple days, that envelope was a couple days before we went to the orphanage. Mm -hmm. So we were able to take this money from a lady who has no children, who would deeply love to have children, but she has none. Um, God has not blessed her with any. Mm -hmm. But we were able to take her money that she gave and um, apply it to the dire need there at the um, orphanage. So. God, God just provided in such an amazing way for our family to get there. Um, I'm going to let Kayla talk, and she's going to tell you, and they're each going to just talk for a lot less time than I am, I promise, <laughs> um, and tell you a couple different things that um, what they experienced. So, yeah, be good. Thank you, Becky. Okay. Um, hi. Um, hi, Kayla. Um, so my experience in Crosswave is um, is a lot, but the my love for Crosswave is even more. I Crosswave, my Crosswave family, my love for telling people about Jesus, and um, 
dramas, <laughs> dramas. Um, that's how Peru was how to put all of those together. Um, I I would like to tell you about a story I ha happened in Lima. Um, I took Miss Julia. Um, I sorry. Um, I went up to a little girl who um, was just climbing a tree, and um, she she didn't speak English very well. Maybe a few words, but um, she. I went up to her and I gave her a bracelet, and um, then I didn't think of anything <coughs> else because she didn't speak English. Um, so I went back to where we were doing dramas, and um, my mom was like, well, you should go get Miss Julia and tell her more. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> um, she ended up going to her family, um, which was about six people, and um, me and Miss Julia helped. Um, we... They got, all six of them got saved because of one one little girl. So um, I just thought that was a cool story. Yeah. Um, I'm, I wanted to tell you about a story because I had my birthday in Peru. So, um, Showing how old? Twelve. Um, all the Peruvians, <coughs> all the Peruvians were very nice to me. Yes. Mm. All the Peruvians were very nice to me. They um, they made me a cake for my birthday, but I like <laughs> And when we flew into Peru, they had fireworks going off just for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we put a special call in for mom. <laughs> and so um, that the my favorite part of Peru was the orphanage. The orphanage was the place where kids go when they don't have parents. So all the kids there were without parents. So I had two little boys that I gave little beanie babies to. And I gave them a hug, and it was very nice. Well, that was Alex. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> um, I'm Steve, and um, frontline Steve. very special lesson to help my entire family go. Um, to see each one give a testimony, give, uh, present the gospel. And it was very touching for me. Um, one of my favorite uh, parts was uh, in um, 
we were on the streets in Lima. And we were doing dramas, and Alex uh, gave the gospel that day. And there was this man sitting on the side of the street. And uh, Rebecca said, you should go talk to him. So I started talking to him, uh, showed him the card, the bracelet, and uh, going through that. And he, he um, knew all about it. I brought uh, Roll over. And through Raul, found out that this was a former pastor, and he needed encouragement. And so I got to, through Raul, pray with him and give him encouragement. And uh, I think he was very touched by that. And he said, he told Raul that he um, felt called that God had brought him to that area that day. And um, called back to the ministry. Thank you. It's hard to boil it down just a few things, isn't it? Um, they would love, you're going to stay for lunch, right? They would love to share with me more about lunch. And I know, Wayne, you've had your whole family go. It's, um, you know, Steve always told me that he felt comfortable being in the back. You know, in the, in the, in the back line, he'd help with the serve and but just be in the back. And so he was the um, he was God in the Redeemer drama, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he was he was the soup maker in Sopa. If you're familiar with Sopa, so pretty much he was always the guy carrying the soup out to, to kick the things off. Um, and Rebecca was our nurse, so she took care of, and that was really good. That was really good. We didn't, Robin. No hospital visits this time. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. Julia, you and Raul, or David, or you, you're going to come share? Y'all welcome Julia. She went back to her homeland. to God because he made a way for me and my family to go to Peru. Um, this time was special. Um, I have been in Peru um, because I was born there, <laughs> but I have been in Peru as a, as a king, as a missionary. Um, but I really, I really didn't understand or I didn't really value the gospel, no, and I really, uh, I know we have to love the people and share the gospel, but it's just I knew it, but I didn't really took it like it, it is why we are here, you know, the reason that we are here is because we, um, to love God and love others. I thought loving others was, it is also, you know, giving things that people need and giving your love, but telling them about God is something that I not, I wasn't, I don't know. But this time is my first time that I really wanted to say that. I really wanted to say, 
you. And he died for you on the cross. And that's making me like, oh, sorry. And he made a, w a way for us, the whole family, to have the money and go in there. Before, um, when my mom passed away, I saw I did not have family, like a blood family. Even though I had, I didn't feel like I had a family. Mm. I was hurt and that is, I don't like Peru. I do not have family there. But God made a way for us to go every time. And I was like, okay, I'm here because you want it, but not because I want. Mm -hmm. But this time, God hit my heart and I love them. And one morning when we were in Peru, I went to my family, my mom's side family, to have breakfast. And my plan was to go for something else, but I had, we were here, I was like here now, and a small group of people were in front of me. And, oh, I was like, here I am, God, okay. And I told them, do you know why I'm here? And they, they said, Yes. Why? Because you love Jesus. And you want to tell others about him. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, do you know why I do this? Why do you want, do I want to do this? No. And I explained why. I explained that, well, how God, how I was before I knew him. And God, God changed my life. And and I told them, no, now my life is different. That doesn't mean that I don't have problems. No, <laughs> I do. <laughs> no, I have very hard situations in this moment, but I want to tell you that if you have problems or pro difficulties in your life, you have Jesus, I said. No, you have Jesus, in, and he, I have the hope in him. I know that I will be okay. And then I said, do you want to accept the Lord? And they, I shared the gospel, and they accepted the Lord. Mm -hmm. and it, it, was, it was awesome. I did not plan this. <laughs> no, but God knew, loved them, and he, um, I thought God could, I thought it was so love. As a person, I thought, I'm so sinner. How can you use me? I said, excuse me, <laughs> and bless me, and show me his love for each one of us. And also, God allowed me to, to see the miracles. Every day we see miracles, like we stand up, we, we can walk, it's a miracle. But this time I, had a, I have seen God's miracle through healing. We were at the airport in Lima, waiting for our flight to Cusco, and there was a lady that asked me, um, could you take a picture, me and my mom? And I said, sure. And when she was getting ready for the picture, you know, she, I saw her face of pain, the back pain. I had been back, I had mm -hmm. back pain, very strong one, like even I could move. And she, I saw her face. And, and then after I took the picture, I was like, should I go and pray for her? But I was afraid a little bit. I didn't know this person, and I—I I think it was my first time that I have done in public. <laughs> but uh, I went. I asked, "Do you want me to pray for you?" I had for a long time back pain, and God healed me. People pray for me, and God healed me. 
and she looked at me and said, sure, but then her cell phone rang. Oh. <laughs> and she needed to answer the phone. And, and then when I, she was here, and I looked at her, and her mom was looking at me, very like, who are you? <laughs> you know, and what do you want with my daughter? And I said, well, I, I'm part of this team because we were feeding and there was a team feeding over there. I said, and we came from America to share God's love. And the Bible says to pray for sick people and your daughter has back pain. Who do you believe? I believe in God's Father, God's Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, you can pray for my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and I pray for her daughter now because she just finished talking in the phone and, and said, and I start praying, no? And when I was praying, I feel something from here going down, but something so warm. And I was, I put my hand on her back, low back, and I didn't want to touch her back because it was so hot. Like, but I, I said, oh Lord, and I prayed for her back, and after when I finished, she said, I feel something warm, something <laughs> hot. Oh, I don't have back pain. <laughs> she said, oh, no pain. And she was doing, oh, no pain. Mom, I don't have pain. I was like, oh, no. No, I was. Get the line before him right here. <laughs> and God was, I have been praying for people. And I have never seen that God was so merciful, mm -hmm. so faithful. He allowed me to hear this miracle. And I thank God for that. Mm -hmm. And thank you so much. I have been in Peru many times, but this was really something different for me um, because of the circumstances, you know it. Um, so I think through this experience, uh, I feel like the Lord is teaching me to trust in Him. Um, I just want to share with you something that happened uh, the last Friday before we returned to Raleigh. Uh, that Friday, um, I had the opportunity to meet with uh, my high school friend. That was 34 years ago that I never saw these guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, in that meeting, well, before that, um, before that day, um, it came in my mind if I have to share something with him, with, with, with them. Um, I was wondering if I can use the bracelet because I have some in, with me, but I didn't know how many people were going to this meeting for sure, uh, how many bracelets I have. Um, and I was not sure if they were going to like the kind of speak that I was going to do. Um, 
And I said, uh, Lord, if you really want me to give this bracelet, you're gonna give me the, you're gonna make first, um, the amount of bracelet is gonna be enough for them. And then you're gonna make possible that at some point, I'm gonna be able to share this without them feeling uncomfortable. So, um, that night, uh, my friend sent me an email and said, this number of people are coming. So, and then I went and checked how many I had, because I was not sure, and I can't believe it was exactly the number <laughs> of bracelets that they, <laughs> they were going to be present. So I said, well, maybe you are trying to tell me something. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to the meeting and uh, there were people, regular people talking about many things. But one of them, I, I find out it was Christian. And at some point, um, almost all of my friends were making fun of him <coughs> because of his belief. Um, and he was sitting in one place and my friends in the other place and I was just hearing what they were saying, uh, listening. Um, I was like this, this, this. <laughs> I, I remember in a moment <laughs> when I asked God, um, you're gonna make <laughs> the circumstances to happen possible for me to share. So uh, when I was like this, this, just hearing all these things, I said, I think it's my time. <laughs> so uh, I just raised my hand <laughs> because <laughs> I didn't say much. I raised my hand and and I said, um, okay guys, now I, I think I need to share something with you. And uh, and I explained to them that I am a Christian too and I I was able to share with them um, how I really became a Christian. So it was a long story but uh, I was surprised that during this, my sharing, all they were very calm listening so <coughs> um, I'm sure that at the end I was able to share the bracelet and explain the, the meaning of uh, even I have the the cards that explain everything so I was able to give it to them and they like it so that they tell me do you have more no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> for my kids no I don't have sorry and uh, yeah, so stuff like that happened that encouraged me with my situation. And of course, during the trip in Chincheros, there were many circumstances that touched my heart. And um, yeah, especially this man in, in Chincheros, um, it, was a, it was drunk that he couldn't speak, he didn't speak the Spanish properly, he speak Quechua. And uh, 
was in the street any anywhere to go so he is looking in the, in the streets so that um, that really touched my heart but we pray for him even though I don't know if he understood what I was saying because he speak only Quechua and I don't <laughs> uh, yeah but it was a blessing yes for all of us it was really a blessing to go and obey God what he told me to go he asked me to go and I went yeah. it was a blessing thank you thank you experiences but there is um, one experience I had that really touched me when I was in the orphanage all of us went to the orphanage well, all of us went to the orphanage and when I went to the orphanage I saw I did recognize some people and there were some new people but in the orphanage all those children like Alex said there was no they didn't have family and I feel blessed because we all had family. We always had dad and mom. If we, and even if we didn't know who our dad and mom was, our father was here. But these children, they have a father, but they didn't know and they thought that they were just alone. We didn't have to walk when we were young have to pay and sometimes we go we we go to school but some of these children don't go to school because and sometimes their families don't want to give them away but with money problems probably they have to and we should all be blessed that we should all be blessed that we have family, and we are all family. We all are children of God, who is here right now. And we should never say that I hate you. No, we can't say that. My niece, there. She has a family, I have a family, you have a family. <laughs> Everyone has a Thank you, guys.
Mean baby. Whatever time you spend in an orphanage is not enough time. It's not. It's not enough. And uh, I guess I need to tell this story. Um, so we go to the orphanage, and so it's, it's kind of our last big thing, except for the bus trip up the mountain. We go in, and, and some of the ladies need to go to the restroom, and so she goes to the restroom. Yeah, they. Then they come back to the bus and says, "We we can't go to that restroom." And there's a little bit of discussion. We say, okay, we just go down the street and find a place. So we go in, and all the kids go in, and, and they had this nice kind of playground in the back that another church in Texas built for them. And, and you might have seen some of the pictures where there's a big tree house sort of thing. So all the kids are back there, and so I send Bill Etheridge around to figure out what's happened in the bathrooms. And he comes back and says, uh, Okay, all the, all of the bathrooms are all the toilets are stopped up in the entire house. I think there's five of them. They're all stopped up. So all the bowls are filled to overflowing. All the water is turned off to all the toilets because you, it's hard to tell a three-year-old not to flush it. And so they just turn the water off. So there's no water. There's there's one kitchen sink kitchen sink where a little bit of water will come out. In the entire house with thirty some people in it, and we just get there, and we're thinking something's got to happen now. I mean, it's got to happen now. And I looked at Bill and Raúl and Steve. Well, we didn't have any tools, any, so we said, "Go." Somehow, it, it, the wisdom collectively kind of said, "Let's go find out." We asked Isabel. She says, "Well, there's a handyman that lives down the street." So we send Julia and Bill or somebody, go find this guy. It's late Saturday afternoon. Go find this guy. The day before Father's Day. And so we go play with the kids. They come back with the guy and a helper. And they give them the assignment, go figure out what we need in every bathroom to fix this. So they go and create a, a little material list of what, all, all the things we need. So we give the lady some money, and she goes off to the store to buy all this stuff. I don't know where you buy it, but anyway, she goes. She comes back with it, and we've now been there about two and a half hours, and we're about ready to leave. And so they come back with the stuff. We have this little powwow meeting, and um, and because the hands team had blessed us with with money, we were able to tell Isabel, look, here is money. We can buy the material. Here's what the plumber quoted to fix it. He'll come back on Sunday, on Father's Day, to fix it. Here's the money to pay him. And then he also said, well, the big problem isn't the fact that all of the toilets are stopped up. The big problem is that the sewer line from the house to the main sewer line is too small for a house with this many people in it. And here's the quote to fix that. And I said to, I gave the money to Heather. I said, Heather, here's the money to fix that sewer line if the guy shows up tomorrow to fix this other thing, then you launch the next project to fix the next thing. And she said, deal. And I said, deal. And Isabel said, deal. <laughs> so we walked out of there. And it's hard to leave an orphanage because <laughs> you've got kids hanging on you, right? And you're kind of doing well. So you might have seen the pictures of them all standing at the door waiting. So we... Um, we get back on the bus, and you, you just hope that 
We'd left money in through the floor for certain things to happen, and something else happened with that money. We left money for a lady one time to have surgery, and she used the money to pay off her debts because she figured she was going to die anyway. She might as well pay off her debts rather than have the surgery and still have the debt. As far as I know, she's still alive, but... But that, I mean, the, the, the thinking with some people is really, really desperate. So we wanted to make sure that that plumbing was fixed. So we left the money with Isabel for that day and Heather for the next day. So we get back on the bus and it's all noise. There's, no, there's never a quiet time on the bus. We just, we're just yakking and talking. And, um, and I just say, look, everybody, let's just be real quiet. And let's just take 30 seconds of silence and think about what you just saw. Because they had need, to, I mean, our team needed to go to the bathroom too, and it, it just took one kind of look because things were spilling over and kind of being tracked around. And normally, when we go to the orphanage, they're not wearing shoes. This time, they were all wearing shoes, and you can figure, and you can figure out why they were all wearing shoes. So we get back on the bus, we we call for silence. It gets really, really quiet, and I'm thinking, Lord, what what do we do? And I, I just thought about what David was thinking about, family, for one. And I say, repeat this after me, and you repeat it after me. I am a blessing. I am a blessing. I am a blessing. To bless others. To bless others. I am a blessing to bless others. And for the rest of the two days of the trip, we just kind of held on to that thought that we, we cannot forget uh, what we had seen and what God has done. Um, anyway, it was, it was a very, very powerful moment to realize the, the tragedy of a lady caring for 30 kids and she didn't have money to go fix that. And God sent the team in from 4,000 miles away on a Saturday afternoon before Father's Day. And God says it's time. Just like it's time for that lady's back to be healed. Or it's time for your family to receive the gospel. For all your friends to receive the gospel from you. It was time. It was time for this family to, to, to minister as a family and think about what God is doing in all of this. I would like to offer... Rebecca and Johnson, an opportunity to share something. Um, Y'all, this 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 is a this is a real blessing, and uh, I'll let them share that blessing. You have to talk. (laughs) Okay. well, first things first, I will say that this was our first mission trip being married. <laughs> so that was that was another another blessing. Um, we went down a week earlier than the team. We were there for uh, three weeks. We were we were going to help his mom just kind of uh, prepare for our reception, the food, decorations, the planning chairs, tables. You know, all the kind of things have to be done for uh, reception. We were going down there because we didn't want her to have to do everything for herself. And um, so we were going down there to, to, to help her. And so we, and 
I mean, every year that I go, I try to, you know, be better and better with my Spanish. And even if I don't, can't say much, I always tell his family, you know, I understand more than I can say, so please speak to me. <laughs> um, but this, this, this year, I think it was special again, because I, I really got to know them, them better, and um, all his family are so welcoming of me, even if they just tell me, saw me for the first time, or some of them did, but some of them I've, I've known for a while, but they're always very welcoming, and you know, my house is, is your house, and whatever you need, please ask, and um, I even met like another one of his uncles that lived below where, where you live, that, that I hadn't known before, <laughs> and they're, of course they are all very um, welcoming, and we, we put a list, a list together of people who, who we wanted to invite, and it was about like 90 people, and no, it was just getting like bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, <laughs> and we were wondering like, is there, is there going to be enough room for everyone if if they if they they come? And um, I have like all these thoughts of things I want to share in my brain, and I'm trying to <laughs> like pick which ones. There's so many things that I could I could share, um, but one one big blessing. Um, um, the, the church that we got married here in uh, Rocks, Rocks, Roxborough, um, the Concord United Methodist Church, um, the pastor was so gracious, allowed us to use his church for absolutely no, no cost. Um, and the church that we use in Lima, his, his church, the pastor basically said, okay, you can use this room in our church and give whatever you want to give and we'll use that for the cost of the, the church. And because we are wondering, you know, how much is this going to cost? What are we going to have to pay? Are we going to have enough money for it? Just all the kind of questions and concerns that go on in your mind. And he said, whatever you want to give is what we will use. And we were so blessed. <laughs> we, we thanked God so much that his, his, his pastor said that and it was like a load off of our shoulders because, you know, do we have enough money for this? What are we gonna have to have to pay? And the pastor was so generous. Um, and part of Jonathan's heart is to see all his all of his family members come to, come to, to Christ. If you ask him, like that's what he wants to see: all his family members coming to to Christ. Um, became a Christian I I knew all the good things about Christianity and I knew God and God started to make a change in my life but I wanted I wanted this to be also for for them I wanted I wanted I wanted all that happened to me to happen to them and there's a movie that I shared with you a little about share with some other friends that this is what is in my heart this is this is I, I was doing the research about the Hitler Holocaust, Holocaust, right? Mm -hmm. So I watched this movie called The Schindler's List, mm -hmm. and at the end of the at the end of the movie, there's a scene where uh, Oscar Schindler, which is the one that saved many Jews by putting them working in the factory, 
he he was standing there and a thousand people were there the people that he, he basically saved from from the gas chamber and they were gonna bang him for the the, 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 the second war was over and they were gonna say thanks to him and he was standing there and he wanted to he was crying this is the movie but this is what I felt like he was he, he started to cry and he started to say I could have said one more I, he took his he looked at his car and said I could have called this car and saved and saved him more and then he, he took his I don't know how you call this win I don't know point yeah, I think yeah that lapel thing uh -huh. so he took that off and, and said I could have said this because this is gold I could have said two, two more things and, and then I was thinking I was really really sad and and I was I was crying because this movie was just about you know it was a holocaust and how many people were killed so and part of and part of me and part of what I want Rebecca to feel is also that Rebecca you know before I die before or before if I have the chance to see or to witness the five minutes of life that, that I'm gonna be here I don't want to be like that guy like Oscar like Oscar Schindler in that movie I could have said more I could have I could have I could have talked in my job I could have I could have saved my friends I could have you know I know I know that I know that I don't know what what, what we're gonna face before we we enter into eternity maybe some of us will be like wow we will be with God joy but uh, maybe some some of us will feel I could have said more. So that's what I feel. That's why I didn't want just to go to Peru and have like a, a nice reception for, for all of us. I don't want to see people like coming and see, oh God has blessed us. Like, you know, I just I wanted to see my family and friends coming to Christ. Mm -hmm. So that's what I that's what I we did the reception in Peru. And that's why it was the evangelistic reception. That's what I wanted it to be. So then I, after Crossway, we found the dramas, which was which was really really cool. So I shared the gospel, and many of them raised their hands. Mm -hmm. Many of them came God. to Christ in that night. Yeah. So, praise God. Well, my daddy's. <laughs> He's changing a lot. He's changing a lot. And Rebecca, Rebecca calls my mom, mommy. And she, she, she called my dad, daddy at the airport. When she was, she went to the airport to say bye to us. And my dad was like, you don't, I mean, you don't say that to, to, to your in-laws in Peru. You don't say that. I mean, auntie, daddy, like, it's not like, for, 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 for Peruvians are that, that is just weird. So, <laughs> <laughs> my dad was, and I, I told my dad, your daughter, I'm calling your daddy. And he said, yeah, but she's my daughter. And so I believe in my heart that all of the ones that raised their hands in that night became, became Christians. That is what I believe. And, and I wanted to share that with you. This is, this is what I, this is what, I want Rebecca also to, to feel like every time that we go to Peru, we, we, we don't just go there to, 
to share the gospel. Then when we come, when you come back to the United States, and when you come back to the United States, you, you bring that cross, you you become the person that you are in the United States, and you turn another person when you go to Korea. Like you, so. But anyway, that's what we wanted to share. Last year we were in Chinchero, and we were in Chinchero again. This this year they had invited us us back, but um, there's a, a school in Chinchero, and last year when, when we went, um, Jonathan had noticed that you know, I mean some of them had shoes, but you know they're falling apart. They're obviously broken. They're obviously worn through on the bottom, and their feet touch the ground when they walk up with their shoes and. I'm guessing his heart broke for all those kids who didn't have good enough shoes or no shoes. So they're walking around their school like barefoot and who knows what's gotten into their feet or anything. But, um, so. The one from Thailand. Very close. Yeah, so people had given money and God provided enough money for. I think um, Heather and some of all their friends to go to a store in Peru and just buy a ton of shoes. I mean, they had like a huge bag, like 190 pairs, 190 <laughs> pairs of, of, you don't of just shoes. So people had given enough money for us to buy, as he said, 190 pairs of, of shoes. And so we were able to give some to those kids at, at the, the school and even um, in Chinchero we had a conference and we had some shoes for the for, for the kids there and you know they're they're so excited like oh look I, I, I got new shoes and or this one lights up or this one you know fit, fits just right and you know how, how little kids are but I mean you could just see their smiles on their faces and just how happy they were to get you know brand new shoes and this one fits this one's blue this one you know they're so excited, and I got to help put on some shoes for a little kid, and I could, you know, you can just see like their face, like, oh, I have new shoes, and you know, it's as far as a, a blessing, like that's a, it's, it's a, you know, we are blessed to be a blessing, and when you're you're part of that, you're part of God's blessing to someone else, your your heart just, you know, God help me to do this more, and I want to be a blessing more to other other people, and um. I was telling Jonathan on on the way here, like, you know, what am I going to share this this morning when I talk to the our church about Peru? And every year that I go, like, it never gets old for me to see people coming to Christ. You know, every year that I go, yeah. I, I see that, and I never want to stop seeing that. <laughs> I mean, even here, when we go to Peru, like, I never want to stop seeing people come to Christ, because when I see that, I mean, my my heart just... <laughs> My heart is so overwhelmed with, you know, a blessing and God's joy and God's truth and God's love and, you know, that's not that's what I, I came back to in my mind over and over again while as we were in Peru. Like, we're really here just to share the gospel. I mean, yes, we're here to do all these other things, but our main goal here is to share the gospel and to love other people and if they're walking in darkness, bring them into light and 
if they're sick, you know, pray for them. If they need this, help them. If they're whatever, then God can do this. And I, I never get tired of, of seeing that. And it brings joy to God's heart. It brings joy to, to, to my heart. And one of the things that I'll close with is, I mean, it's, it's amazing just how, how simple it is. <laughs> I mean, you think that, oh, I'm going to tell someone about Christ, and what am I going to say, and all the words that are in your mind, and take a step. <laughs> take a step. Mm-hmm. And I was just surprised, like, God, it really isn't that hard. Like, I just have to go up to Mary and tell her the gospel and mm-hmm. tell her what God did died for her on the cross took away all her sin and and shame and gave her new life and it really is that that simple and i just have to take a few steps and god does the rest and if i have the words or not you know in that moment and i saw this in through time and time again i would take a bracelet and a card in my hand and go <laughs> and god would just do the rest and like every time like I said, like, thank you, God, that he's allowing me to have more confidence and a more will to to do this. Because before, mm-hmm. I would kind of be nervous. But like I said, it never gets old for people to see coming to, to Christ. And I thank God that he gave me more of, like, the strength and the will to, to do it this year. And I just want to give all the glory and thanks to God for letting us go again. Because we literally gave our... our application to dad on like the day we were leaving <laughs> in the airport so I want to thank God for allowing us us to go and especially for Jonathan to see his family again I didn't want him to have to wait two years to go back to Peru and to be able to go again thank the U.S. government for yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you, US government. <laughs> It's such a, a blessing to get to go to the orphanage. And I know you, you think out of all the things that we did, the four, five hours we spent at the orphanage, it, it just really is overwhelming to have these kids. They hold on to you so tight. And um, there's just one particular girl that I can't get out of my mind. I, I, she had only been there a couple of weeks. She was 13 or 15, and she just held on to me so tight. And she finally she said, please don't forget about me. And um, she had been, she was there because she had, she had been, I don't know why she was living with an aunt and uncle. I don't know if she had been, lost her parents or what, but she'd been living there. And then the uncle was starting to abuse her. And so the aunt took her to a safe place to live here. And so just in your heart, you want to just bring them home with you. Um, And so many of them, they... They're not adoptable because the parents, either the parents can't provide for them or it's a situation like this. So it's not like they'll have an option to be adopted. And um, that, that's where so many of the times when we go, I think God is just wanting to give us a glimpse of his heart for people. It's not that you can fix it. And that's been so painful for me many years of thinking, I can't fix this. This is overwhelming to me to see so much need. But you, but in, any, in many ways, I've sensed that God is not saying, I'm, I'm not asking you to fix it. I'm asking you, will you love this one person I put in front of you? 
whether it's here in Raleigh or Cary or when you go to on vacation or whatever, if God puts somebody in your path, we just love them for him and we just take the opportunities that he gives you to be a blessing in people's lives. And um, I, that's how God helps me get through Peru is he's giving us his eyes for people so that we'll pray, that we'll take advantage of every opportunity we have to share and to, and to be a blessing in other people's lives and um, make other people hungry for him. And that's, uh, that's just how I feel when I go to Peru. The people are so hungry for God. You talk to them and would you, do, you want, do you want Jesus as your Savior? Have you heard about Jesus? Do you, and then they say yes. And you say, really? <laughs> wow, that was so easy because their hearts are, God, God is doing a work there for people who have prayed Many years before we've ever gone, they've laid the prayer foundation. They've, they've worked in places. And, and one short story, we met a lady just for a few minutes in the airport in Cusco. And we met her in the restroom. She heard us speaking English. She's a missionary there. She's been there with, with a Baptist church, sent her 23 years ago. And she said when we first came into Tinchero, the, the priest would organize people to break the windows in our house and make life miserable for us because they did not want us to share the gospel. So I feel so privileged that we go there and we're riding on her shoulders. The, the prayers and the labor that that woman and her family have done makes it possible for us to go in and very freely share the gospel on the streets. And so you never know who's been praying for you, who's been praying for you maybe even when you were just a little kid, who's been praying for God to work in your life or give you opportunities. And I'm always reminded of the generations of Christians before us that have either paid the price to have the word written in Quechua or, or Spanish, um, who's people that prayed the price that we could have the word in English. It just all gets so big to me when I'm there. God, I get away from, from my life here and seeing what God is doing all around the world. I'm, I'm so amazed, so thankful to know Jesus. Um, thank you to everyone who's, who's helped support our, our team, praying for us, financial gifts, working at the concessions booth, helping pack things, praying, making other phone calls and arrangements for doctors. And Danielle, I didn't know you were here. Do you want to share something real quick? Yeah. Come here. Hello. This is, this is Miss Resilient. <laughs> I'm just saying, Woo! I'm just saying, this girl's got it going. Oh. I'm so unprepared, but uh, I have plenty to share for Peru. I'll keep it short. Um, well, the very first night we got there, we um, immediately went and did ministry out um, in Lima that night. And God, I mean, before we even landed, he was at work, but... um. It was really cool because I knew that, like, even though we were going to the same places and, the you know, our goal was the same, that he was going to do new things in new ways, but still he, like, completely shocked me. Um, and uh, the first night I was feeling, like, really attacked by the thought that, like, you've shared your testimony so many times, like, it's, it's dry now, people are tired of hearing it, and... Um, and I was like, no, like, there's some people who haven't heard it yet. And still, like, I just kept feeling like, well, no, but, you know, some people have heard it way too many times. And I was like, I 
want to be able to share it a thousand times and feel just as joyful because, I mean, how can you get tired of telling how much God completely changed our life? Um, and so I decided the only way to really fight that thought was to share it that night. <laughs> so um, I um, volunteered to share my testimony when Mr. Bill asked. And it was just cool because, you know, I didn't need to, to really, I shouldn't have had to be reminded, but God did that very night. Um, I shared my testimony and then um, I walked off and this man came up to me and started asking me all these questions about my story. And... Um, he started asking me about like how I my life was different now and and if I was you know joyful and then he asked me about my dad and it was just really cool and and I started talking with him and um and and I had a translator of course but he knew a little a little bit of English and um I asked him if he wanted to receive Christ and he's like no I'm I'm undecided I'm undecided yet and he's like I'll go to the church and, and I'll decide I was like okay well you know I kept talking with him he started asking me about the Ten Commandments. And I told him about the love and grace. And it was just really cool because we talked more and more. And you could tell he was really hungry. And I was like, can I just, I know you don't want to receive Christ, but can I please pray for you? And he was like, please. <laughs> and I was like, okay, great. And uh, we prayed for a little while. And and I just saw him just open up. And I was like, do you want to receive the love of Christ? And he was like, yes. And it was just really precious because, I mean, even though that was like, you know, one of the most important moments in his life, God just let me be a part of that. Um, and it was, it was really awesome. And then um, in Chinchero, um, oh, Chinchero was <laughs> so much. Um, God was definitely working on my heart of compassion. Um, and I was a crybaby, like, the entire time. Um, I got to, uh, there was a woman, a single mother who came to Christ um, with her children and um, coming from like a home with a single mom that like really touched my heart um, and it was just so precious to see but it definitely it took a toll and then there was it was just like three consecutive days of just things that were breaking my heart and breaking my heart and breaking my heart um, there was a we were giving out shoes, all the shoes that we had, and there was one little boy who um, we didn't have his size, and so we, and one of the translators kept telling me like he needed this size, and I was like, un momento, and trying to get it, but like I couldn't find it, and it like ten minutes goes by, and he was still following me around, and I was like, I don't know, <laughs> like we don't have it. So then we, um, me and Heather, and um, yes, I was like, someone else went with us. Uh, we went back and. Uh, to go get a pair for him, and we decided to grab, like, I think it was 10 girls and 10 boys' shoes, just extra, just in case. We come back, and there was three boys who didn't have shoes, and even though we grabbed 10 more pairs, there, there wasn't the right size for one of the boys, and I just, like, lost it, um, and, like, we, we were going to provide the church with the sh shoes later, but just, like, seeing his face when he realized he wouldn't get a pair that night, I just broke and um when I went back uh on the way back I, I was you know like God I know compassion is from you but right now I feel like hopeless and I feel like a failure um and I went in my room um and I was with Bev she was on the team with us and I was like don't be offended I can't talk right now I've got to have Jesus time 
And I went under my covers and was like on my knees on the bed and um and I was talking to him and I was like, God, I need your I like I need you to remind me why I still have hope even seeing all this. And um and then he just immediately spoke that verse to me, um, in the world you'll have tribulations but take heart, I have overcome the world. And immediately it was just like he feels that brokenness for them too so much that he sacrificed his son for that and it's like the brokenness is there but they all have hope and that's why I'm here is to tell them about that hope and I just even knowing that that hope exists is a blessing and the biggest gift that I've received so it was amazing I popped up and I was like okay Bob I got my word I'm okay <laughs> um, so it, it was awesome and I mean those were just two little things of all the big things God was doing and I mean, I only got to witness, you know, a fraction of it. Each person got to see so much. Um, I mean, every time we did casting the net, you see people who are receiving Christ for the first time, and just every single getting to witness just every single person's face. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. So yeah, thank you everyone who supported the trip. we need to close this you've heard lots of stories uh, I want to read a scripture Philemon 1 one of the shortest books in the Bible Philemon 1 verse 6 and listen carefully to these words I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. I pray that the sharing of your faith, David, may become effective for you understanding the blessing of family. I pray, Julia, that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the sharing of your faith for people to be healed of back pain and for your family to receive Christ. I pray, Raul, the sharing of your faith may become effective that you may understand when and where to share your faith with your friends from 34 years ago. I pray, Jonathan, that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of your family of taking one more with you. I pray, Hargrave's family, that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of the grace that is in you for the sake of Jesus Christ for your family and for other people's families and for other people's children and for other people's parents. Danielle, I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of the hope that is in Jesus Christ and the keys to eternal life that you have with your Lord. As you speak to him. Gateway Church, I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Jesus Christ. There's something about sharing your faith, of you yourself hearing you speak God's word, it come right back around. And it helps you understand 
and it helps the gospel become more effective in you to know what it is that you have for the sake of Christ. What's in us for the sake of Christ? What is in us for that sake? For what purpose is Christ in us? No big secret. No big surprise. Why is Christ in you? I want you to come up with your own answer. You think about it. Why is Christ in you? So, um, I have a couple of manuals up here if you'd like to look at for maybe next year. There's a zillion stories. I'm not going to tell you about having communion on the Inca Trail at Machu Picchu or the lady from Brazil that just happened to walk along that joined us for communion and she bowed down to take the bread and the juice and tears just Or the five guys in Urubamba that just stood there facing me as I was sharing the gospel with their hands on their hips, chins up like this. And I said, Lord, have mercy on those guys. And the team from Lima, <laughs> like piranha, <laughs> encircled those five guys. And in, in two minutes, they were all up with me receiving Christ. Just story after story after story um, of God's faithfulness and his goodness. But I, I wanted to leave you with this scripture from Philemon 1, verse 6. So I'll say it again. I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. Now, Paul was writing to Philemon, remember? And Philemon used to have a slave whose name was Onesimus. And Onesimus had run away. And in God's providence had met Paul, and Paul had shared the gospel with him, and the slave had become a believer. And now Paul is sending him back to his master, his former master. And he's telling the man, I pray that the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ will be yours as you share your faith with this slave in Thessalonica. And you do the right thing. I pray, Gateway, you'll do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Do the right thing with the slaves that you meet that are still in bondage to sin. Share with them the gospel. Lord, we don't change the gospel to fit the people. The gospel is the truth of Jesus, and it changes people. The gospel of Jesus Christ changes everything. And Lord, I pray that, that us today, we would be encouraged by these words. Lord, the testimony of this woman whose back you healed, of this, these families, Father, who have received the love of Christ, friends from long ago, Lord, the hope that you've given us, Lord, how we've trusted you to provide and you have overwhelmed us. Lord, how you've reached out to the orphan and to the widow. 
Lord, you've broken our hearts. And Lord, we we just ask you, we just we just we just know, Lord, we're blessed to be a blessing. Lord, I pray that we would not leave any of the calling that you've given us unanswered. Lord, no direction that you've given us that we would ignore. And Lord, that, that in our own lives we would let the gospel come in, that we would become effective, and that we would understand all the, what you've given us in Christ as we begin to share our faith, share our material blessings, share our family, share our love, Lord, with other people. But I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.